This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester Tonight Die TV on YouTube and your favourite podcasts. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Lester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! Chris and Craig on Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Right, Chris. Good evening, fellow Fox fans. How are we doing? Welcome along. It isn't Chris and Craig. Uh, Craig is off in London tonight. Uh, we've got a replacement in. Very kindly stepping in to, 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 to cover him. Um I've got a little friend because I'm going to say, how the devil are you? There we go. There she is. A little devil there. Um, <laughs> nothing wrong with a little devil. It's Lester Till I Die TV. How are you? Um, you can watch us now live on YouTube, uh, Lester Till I Die TV. Please get over there if you're not watching that way and um, twiddle me knobs, pull me buttons and uh, subscribe to the channel and smash the likes. It all helps us out and uh, supports the channel. Thank you very much. Facebook, it is Lester Till I Die, the group, and Twitter, it is at Lester TID. And if you are 
preferring to listen to us on Catch Up rather than watch us. We are all over the place with our podcast, Lester Till I Die, on Google, uh, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, Spotify, and Podcast Addict, to name just six. So how are we doing? How are we feeling? <laughs> Should I ask that? Should I ask? We had a very interesting show last night, it has to be said. We didn't lose it. If you if you haven't watched it yet, please go on to the channel uh, and watch the uh, post-match show. Bit of a special for you, bit of a special surprise. Brad sings. Yes, I know. I know you're saying, what? What what can what can be better? And why is he still here and not performing on X Factor? Have a listen, and you might you might realise why. <laughs> oh, he's going to kill me! Uh, it is the preview show. Good evening and welcome along. It's the Premier League preview show with Chris and Craig on Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Craig has dyed his hair and grown a beard. Brad, good evening. I, I'm sorry, the preview show does say Craig, so I can't... Uh, but featuring tonight, some people say he's Jesus. But he's not. It's Brad. How, how are you, sir? I'm all right, Chris. Yeah, I thought about dressing up for the part, but I don't have as snazzy a suit as Craig or all the spectacles, so I can't really do the whole thing like this. <laughs> pretend like I'm a housemate. I think you're going to start singing again if you do that. <laughs> maybe, maybe Ben might sing the line about you. No, I won't talk to you that much. I won't talk to you that much. I haven't had a chance to clip it. If I'm totally honest, I had forgotten. I am going to. I made a note there. Clip. So, um, anyway, how, how the devil are you? Well, I've calmed down after yesterday. Mm. I've calmed down after last night's fiasco of a disaster. Where Leicester crashed again in Europe, losing two nil, um, and uh, now I'm stepping in in the shoes of Craig trying to preview a match, which is probably the least optimistic a collective bunch of Leicester fans have been about a win for a long time um, against the Crystal Palace side. To be honest, um, uh, yeah, and I, I'm going to be totally honest with you, I. I'd, I had them down for, um, you know, to struggle this season, Palace. We'll have a look later, but maybe they're, they're not going to do as bad as maybe I, I said they might have been. But, um, you know, it's... Uh, but I've got to say, the headline today, I'm just touching on on uh, the Legio Warsaw result, um, that... Timothy Castagna has come out and said that they are angry at their performances this season. I mean, I would tend to say, well, bloody play like you're angry then, because at the moment you're playing like a bunch of sissies. Well, I think if we was, well, we tried our best to dissect that. I mean, you know, I didn't give anyone the man of the match. I actually gave it to the away fans for travelling for that. But if anyone yeah. showed a bit of urgency, I, I, I did agree with the points that made that at least Castagne did seem to have that about him to try and go for it. And it's not the first time he's criticised the team collectively mm. for their performances. You know, I think one of his statements was something along the lines of, I, I, I'm coming back into the team to eradicate these silly points that we keep dropping. 
think it was after a draw last season, he'd come back from injury and he said, I, I, I want to stop these points being dropped. And he, he, he obviously is someone that plays with passion. And that's not to say that the rest don't, to start off with. I'm just saying it's nice to at least hear one of the one of the, the actual men responsible for the result taking some form of initiative and saying, no, we're just so you're aware we are, or at least I, speaking for myself, I'm very pissed off with the way things are going on the pitch. Mm. So it shows that at least it's not a case of it's all sunshine and roses and la, 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 we can't hear you sort of thing. They know they're underperforming, which in a way is its own positive. That they're not just sweeping it under the rug and saying it'll come good, it'll come good. There's obviously something that they want to change, to, to change the results and the fortunes of the club right now. Because right now... Yeah whether we think it's capable or not, they're in the bottom half of the Premiership and the bottom of their Europa League group. And that's just not the standard, the bare minimum standard that Leicester City as a whole set for itself. I'm going to actually agree with you on that and I'm going to read something out in a second. I just want to do um, a couple of um, hellos and how the devils are you, first of all. Um... If I can just get the comments or Andrew Medhurst said he's angry he didn't get a pay rise this week. <laughs> Good evening, Andrew. How the devil are you? Uh, Christopher says, um, probably lose again. This is Leicester. It's a roller coaster ride. But good evening, Christopher. Thanks for joining us. How the devil are you? And Andrew says here he's angry that uh, Cameron Diaz hasn't returned his calls. I'm sorry to let you know, Andrew. She's ringing me, so I don't know. I'd, I'd give up on that. I wouldn't get to, yeah, right, in my dreams, in my dreams. Good evening, Terry. I hope you got the dog under control. Um, yet again, after yesterday, Brendan Rogers has said the players need to start quickly in the first half. We know that, Brendan. Go tell your players as well. Exactly. They are doing what... Um, I think, well, what they're being told to do, uh, but we do only seem to be getting out of the block in the second half. But and again, I just want to read you this because, of course, those of you that know, sort of, I, I, I sort of do a bit on talk sport. And Jason Cundy last night is in the Mercury, uh, expressed some sympathy for Brendan Rogers as he assessed Leicester City's early season troubles. After an underwhelming start to their Premier League campaign, uh, the Foxes suffered a hugely disappointing Europa League defeat. Um, leaving their hopes of qualifying for the knockout stage hanging in the balance. Uh, Kundi described the performance as shocking and says standards have dropped compared to last season when City won the FA Cup and now only missed out on a place in the top four. Some of the team's issues were out of Rogers' hands, he said. Um, he achieved what he could last season. The top four is probably not going to happen this season because the top four is probably the top four. But the standards have been set, and let's get it completely right, standards have dropped this season. I mean, and that's putting it mildly, isn't it? The standards... We've, this season, we've set ourselves low standards and failing to come up to them. That's a very careful, a very well-worded way to sum up left the season and reshuffled expectations for the season. I think... I think one thing that may have been forgotten in, in, in the sense of how impressive um, our actions in the transfer window, and yes, I already know he's already the Southampton scapegoat that's been brought to the Filbert Street, apparently, because everybody's slating Vestergaard. 
Um, even though he wasn't at fault for the goal yesterday, um, mm. and everybody had a bad game against Burnley apart from Vardy and the sub um, Iniacho and Loopman. Um, so I don't know why he gets so much stick. I think it's probably because it's an area where in the in this opening period to the season, every error at the back seems to lead to a goal and it's gone from Sayuncu to Vestergaard. It's the worst game of pass the parcel I've seen ever because at one point Bertrand was included in that and Luke Thomas was in that last night. He was in the firing line for a lot of criticism for his performance. So, unfortunately, we've got a disaster bomb being passed around the back and you'd really struggle to get away with that in football at the best of times. Yeah. Andrew says here, 18 shots and no goals. Um, I, I just, I didn't realise this, Andrew, but thanks for letting me know. Yeah, Wilfred indeed is, he, uh, is a doubt ahead of um, the, the, the uh, match at Selhurst Park on Sunday. Um, yes. It's a very good question. What the hell is going on? Something's happening surely in training for us to get so many non-match injuries. Um, you know, <sighs> it, it it sounds stupid and cliche, and it might sound like a cop out, but it's just football. These footballers are under immense strain and and trials and tribulations. I mean, we're not too we're only a stone's throw ahead of the days when footballers used to neck six points. On a Friday yeah, night, the, the next six pints and still go out and play, and on the Saturday yeah, but, and sometimes actually win. But, I'm just yeah, wondering. Yeah, I get that, but in that era, that was the way footballers did it. They smoked a cigar, they had a beer, and yeah, some teams performed, but it wasn't too dissimilar to what football was like. Now you had your clubs that you always expected to be nowhere near the top but not go down. You had your teams that came up, came down, came up, came down, and you had your solid base of European teams that really did well. Um, the majority of which are still in the Premiership. You know, I think aside from your Barnes and your Nottingham Forest and your Sheffield Wednesdays, teams like, the, like that, there's probably mm. about 15 teams that are still in that Premier League era. Everything's changed and adapted. Liverpool have had it. Tottenham have had it. Arsenal have had it. Every team at some point, especially with everything that's gone on, more so over the last two seasons, has gone, why are we getting injuries? Why are we getting injuries? It's it's not easy to, to do. It's not easy to maintain your body in its peak physical condition that you need it to be in, to, that they expect it to be in. We don't produce blokes that have got a bit and know how to play the ball a bit better than you mate Tony down the park, and that's why they're playing football. That might be a bit drastic in comparison, but... It, you look at the likes of Razor Ruddock, who made a career out of football, compared to the likes of Ronaldo. I know Sky might not mention him enough, so I just thought I'd bring him up on his channel. But in terms of the difference in quality of fatigue, they're both playing at Premiership level in their time, but both under completely different circumstances of how a player is developed. I mean, back in the 90s and 80s, 23-24, you still had 10 years on your career, maybe even longer, and you weren't expected to be the finished article. Now we're talking about 20, 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds, and if they're not making it in the first team of the Premiership, they're never going to make it. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, it, the... it comes part and parcel with it, unfortunately. I know what you're saying. Some teams seem to get more than others, though. And uh, yeah. we will say um, 
we will say a uh, hello, how the devil are you to Bicrom, uh, who said Ranieri had no injuries. And Andrew Medhurst says we went the whole of the trophy winning season with the same 11 players. And I think the thing that, and I'm asking the question, as lo- a lo- along with, the, with, with, the, with these guys as well, is we got rid recently of the, the physiotherapy, whatever, he, I don't know, his official title that had been with us for years. Rogers got rid of him and brought his own medical staff in. And suddenly, since that has happened, and yes, I know we had a short season last season and everybody was injured, blah, blah, blah. But... You know, if you get injured on the field of play, I get it, but you shouldn't be getting injured <laughs> off the field of play. Yeah, but the physiotherapist doesn't tell them what to do when they, you know, he, in in the sense of he doesn't say, right, you've got this hamstring, it's a little bit tight, don't walk to the shops. And then, you know, indeed he rings up and goes, Gaffer, I need to go out and get some milk. I've got to walk to the shop. I've told you. It's not like that. If he tells him, well, I don't really want you walking out, and indeed he decides, oh, well, I'm just going to walk out to my car. I'll be all right doing that or something like that. Or don't exert yourself in training, but he gets a bit carried away and overexerts himself. You can't blame a physio for that. I remember the same discussions were happening with our recruitment years ago when we saw, when we got rid of Steve Walsh to um, Everton. And everybody suddenly went, oh, since he's gone, our recruitment's gone down the pan. Well, no, that clearly shows you the line of, you know, steps that are taken to get a player in because the manager has the influence. At the end Mm. of the day, when things are going wrong, everything goes wrong and everything suddenly gets examined under a microscope. If we were seven, if we were sixth in the league and had lost to West Ham, and maybe, and maybe we did draw against Burnley or something like that. But we were sixth in the league and we were second in the Europa League group. We wouldn't really be that bothered. Because we go, oh, 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 indeed he might be out for this week, but at least some more race playing. Oh, Evans is out again. Well, we can rest him because I've got faith in Vestergaard. Wouldn't be an issue, would it? It's because everything's going against it that people are looking for the red herring. And the red herring is these little tweets and injuries as if they're Something that, as, as if Leicester and Brendan Rodgers are conspiring to break their own team apart. It, it doesn't make logical sense when you look at it from that angle, does it? If I said to you, no, no, Brendan's no. training on purpose to injure I themselves, do. you're going to call me a moron. And that's yeah, how it's I do totally point. 100% know see where you're coming from, but it's just, it's the timing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, we do, we do seem to be getting we seem to get more injuries from non-match day injuries than actual match day. Let's not forget who was the... I can't remember who it was, but one player injured himself dropping a shower gel on his foot in the showers years ago. So, yes, of course, it does happen. Talking about things, you know, coming and and we do with Leicester tend to sort of... When we're down, we seem to get kicked when we're down. But apparently... And I've only just sort of realised this before we came alive and you hadn't seen it either uh, Leicester City and JD Smorch merchandise probe uh, let's just have a quick look at this an investigation into Leicester City and retailer JD Sports has been launched over the sale of merchandise uh, the Competition and Markets Authority said it had reasonable grounds to suspect one or more breaches of competition law it relates to suspected infringements regarding anti-competitive agreements over the sale of club-branded products in the UK, CMA added. Uh, the club and JD Sports are fully cooperating with the probe. Um, 
not all uh, the regulators said the same may not reach the view as to whether there is sufficient evidence of an infringement of competition law for it to issue a statement of objections or ultimately an infringement decision. Not all cases result in CMA issuing a statement of objections or an infringement decision. I, I mean, I, we, we'll wait and see. Uh, I mean, all I know is that my local JD Sports certainly doesn't um, stop Leicester City things. I think it's just within Leicester. But it's just typical Leicester, is it? When it's going yeah. against you. I mean, for God's sake, Brendan, please do not take any players on the international break next week to La Manga. That is all I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, let's not do warm weather training. Let's not do that, no. No, <laughs> no. no. Uh, Bcom says there, they would need to bring in a stretching expert, uh, expert Vardy's groin, hamstring, etc. Look, I always try and put a silver lining when things are going bad. So let, let, us, re let us refer to the good book. You know, you know what I mean. You know, because you, I know you read it a lot. And that is the uh, Leicester City on this day. And it's always some good news in here. So I thought I'd read this and we'll cheer us up. So, on the 1st of October, we have to go back along with this, 1938. Um, Leicester City on the receiving end of an 8-2 hammering at Leeds United. Oh. Wow. Maybe it's not all good news then, but hang on. <laughs> <laughs> hang on a second. Uh, on, on the 1st of October 2000, Leicester City ended the day at the summit of the top flight of English football for the first time since August 1963. The 0-0 draw at Sunderland and Thierry Henry's spectacular win against Man United meant <gasps> Peter Taylor's <laughs> man team were top of the Premier League. So there's mixed mixed results there. So. Oh, God. You know, it's funny how you mentioned Peter Taylor, isn't it, after my chant yesterday? Yeah, isn't it just? Isn't it just? Please, people, do go and watch. Honestly, I, I am actually emailed the BBC and I've tried to enter it for this year, next season's Eurovision um, on behalf of North Macedonia, I have to say, not for, not for, not for Great Britain. <laughs> oh, God, you're never going to forget that. Anyway, we've got a match coming up this weekend, let's not forget, and it's a small matter of this. Sunday, 3rd of October, Southhurst Park in London, 2 o'clock kickoff, uh, hashtag C-R-Y-L-E-I. It's on Sky Sports, live at BBC Radio Leicester and lcfc.com forward slash radio. Um, it's a chance, they always say, don't they, with football, Brad? Um, it's like falling off a bike. The best thing to do is get back on it as soon as possible. And, you know, we've got that on Sunday. But it's not going to be as easy a game as we thought, I don't think. Yeah. No, I think I think it's not just a case of getting back, get, you know, falling off the bike and getting back on it. I think they need to change the brakes, you know, the gears, the chain and the tyres need pumping up or something because <laughs> it needs more than just a simple let's change the formation sort of thing, which is ironic when we get to it, um, talking about formations. Um, but 
it's something that it's not just that that needs to change. Uh, you know, you can't just pick it up and keep going with it because we're trying that. And guess what? We'd lost. We thought we could just pick up the bike. We'd play League of Warsaw. We'd get a win, whether it was 1-0 or a comfortable 3-0 win or something like that. And then, yeah, we picked up the bike. It was the front tyre was buckled. The back tyre had the rubber missing and was buckled. It was that bad. And You, you can't go anywhere it. if you've got your rubber missing, can you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of killed the conversation a bit, hasn't it? That's um, end, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I think so. Um, but, I mean, I had just shows that I often say on this program what I know about football and just say a quick hello to Connor there. Thanks for joining us, mate. Um, I know, I know absolutely nothing about this game that, that, that we, we call football and the Americans call soccer talking of Connor. Um, I'd got Brighton to, to struggle this season. I'd got uh, Palace to struggle this season and neither of them are doing that, that bad at the moment. Um, it, I mean, last season against Palace, it was it was a different prospect. I think we got a draw and we beat them two one back in April. Uh, so four, four points out of a possible six. But going into this match, Brad, you know the form there. Suddenly, actually, when you look at it like that, Palace's form isn't a you know hundred percent brilliant. No, it's it's not, and um, they got a good result against Tottenham that's maybe helped mislead that a little bit. It's still a yes. bang average side, but as we've proven against bang average sides, we can't beat them. So this has got <laughs> another game, another test for Leicester, and it's another one where you feel that the first 30, 35 minutes is probably crucial to who gets the result in this one. Mm. It's another one of them, like you said against Burnley, Chris, if Leicester find themselves behind and, you know, we see deja vu happening for a seventh week in a row with how, in regards to how Leicester approached the first half. Um, if you've ever seen paint dry, you'll understand. Um, <laughs> then we could be in for another long afternoon. And, and, and then the questions really would start to go towards Brendan because... There's only so much you can share the blame between players and management uh, and, and make some added reasonings, i.e. with injuries and, and whatnot, before you start going, all right, mate, it's just, it, this is now on you 100% because you're refusing to change your part of the job in one way or another, whether that's, like I say, a, a different tempo to the, the way Leicester play, especially the first half, uh, or a lineup of a different formation that works and doesn't and, and actually gets the results because that's when that's his part of the job. If that if, if if the players turn up and we sit here going, well the players put the effort in, but you could tell by the way he's got he's he's asking them to play that it's not working, you get to that stage where you go, all right, then something needs to change otherwise we're going to talk about a manager that no matter what he's done for the club, he's going to be told we need to move on. We need to go our separate right way sort of thing. It won't be a case of sentiment and what he's done keeps him here. It'll be a case of if you're not willing to do things, the necessary things to try and change that, we're going to have to look for someone else who's willing to do that and get the best out of the, this, this squad of players that we give you. Yes. Uh, Connor, 
um please keep up your bad form <laughs> going into uh into our game in a couple of weeks time uh, that'd be uh, that'd be super uh you did get on the winning way against Villarreal, and i've got to say well done and i know it was 92nd whatever minute but and ronaldo isn't my favorite uh player but i loved him the other day stuffing Villarreal. yes serves them right i hate them <laughs> um, did I did I say that out loud? <laughs> just a little bit, mate. Just a little bit suggestive. I said that out loud. I, I I may have done. I may have done. But looking at Palace, um, they they, they got a draw with Brighton uh, last time out. Uh, they lost to Liverpool. They did beat Spurs, but you've got to say who isn't at the moment. Um, <laughs> but they drew with Brentford, which looking back at it wasn't actually a bad result, really. Uh, and they managed to draw at West Ham, who you know, <laughs> who stuffed us. So, looking at it, breaking it down a little bit more. Yes, the Spurs result is is on paper a good one, um, probably actually easier in person. But the Brighton and West Ham results for them, looking at what happened against them for us, worries me a little bit. Uh... I mean, yes, when you look at it in that aspect, it is a little bit taken to concern. But on, on the platform of it, if you look in Crystal Palace over the general, it tends to be their results. Uh, you know, they tend to have a pattern like this where they don't win too many, but they get a few decent results or points that turn out to look better on paper because Bradford got a better start or because West Ham are, uh, have got a better start than expected. Um, and then they probably have a point in the season as well where they, again, still struggle to win, but they're then losing to a Norwich, drawing with an Arsenal, losing to a Newcastle. And and that's the sort of thing that I I feel like that's typical of Crystal Palace in general. I think if you were to look at, mm. break down their scale of results over a long period, over, well, at least over the last season or two, you would probably see that that's sort of where they're dropping the points. So... It's it's not too much of a concern in 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 regards to who they picked up points against. It's are we going to get the Crystal Palace that continue picking up these surprising points and, and wins against these teams, or are we going to get the Palace that then run straight into the wall and slide slowly down it? Are we going to be the start of that? Mm. Time will tell. We won't know that till about about four o'clock on the Sunday afternoon, whether which side of it is, but it doesn't like make me panic like seeing maybe a Manchester United or Chelsea coming here in that sort of indifferent form. Because when a team like that comes to you, you think, yeah, great, that just means any day now that someone's going to get a beating off them. Because that's that's that that's the tendency of what happens with them sort of teams. I mean, just looking at this here and um be careful, you know, we're not building them up too much here, but the season so far, and I have to say these aren't stats, Brad, these are actual <laughs> facts, but uh, yeah. we're 13th, they're actually below us now on 15th, but that mean below us doesn't mean anything, that means we'll probably lose. They've won one, we've won two, they've drawn three, we've only drawn one, they've lost one less than us though, um, they are scoring... 0.17 average goals less per match, but uh, conceding slightly less than us and have kept more clean sheets than us. But the creating, and this is the worrying thing, I guess, 
and you, you know you can look at these different figures and let's be honest with you you know politicians can take the same stats and make it look two different ways but it's the chances created per match you know 0.83 for us 1.17 and you know you can't i mean you know maybe i was having a pop unfairly at vardy earlier on in the season yet he's joined top now but if he's not getting the supply, if he's not being given the chance to create the chances, he's not going to get the goals. And to me, that's a worrying stat that we're creating less than one chance a match. Yeah, and it's a bit worrying to, to, to hear them stats. But again, you know, that is because we are, and it's not a small secret for... Leicester fans, a lot of people have agreed with us when we brought this forward. Um, so, sorry, a message just popped up. I thought I'd stop notifications, <laughs> and they went through me off a little bit. Um, oh, yeah, it happens to me all the time, don't worry, mate. Yeah, uh, what, what was I saying? It's really throwing me off. Go away, go away. <laughs> You were saying about the chances per match and I was saying about Vardy. Yeah. It, yeah, it, not... But it's not it's not surprising to see them stats if you really think about it because a lot of people, and we've said this a lot on the show and they've agreed with us, that Leicester have become predictable. In, mm. in, in, in an essence, we are, if we were to really look at, and I'm talking clear-cut chances, I know that takes probably more into it, might be half chances, if we're talking chances that you sat there and fell, weren't just a sh shot in anger from like 35 yards going over the bar or anything. I don't even think we've even I don't even think we've even had them at that point. Is we're very predictable and make it so that the teams that play against us know how slow and methodical Leicester are going to be. So they stick 11 men behind the ball, and in the end we're kind of sat there in the 75th, 80th minute going, oh well. I, I, I know we're going to get a chance because every team gets a chance in the game, but we better stick it in the net, otherwise we ain't going to get anything from this result. And lo and behold, we have that one chance, we miss it, and the results mm. are as they've been followed. Um, so whilst it's worrying, it's also probably more worrying that I'm not surprised by it. Yes, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean by that. I mean, you know... <sighs> Look, look, looking at the table here, I mean, you know, last season we were sort of fourth or fifth at this stage, you know, and I think, I know it's a case of, you know, we, we the more as fans that we, we get, the more that we win, and, and no disrespect to these fans, but you look at Arsenal fans this season, you know, throwing the toys out of the pram, going absolutely mad because they lost the first few games. Man United, you know, a lot of their fans... Don't actually even weren't even actually born before Man United was successful. So the more success we come as a club, then and we you know if we're going to be a top, maybe not a top six, but a top eight club, maybe you know we're going into that. We expect more because we've had more. Yeah, you know, with expectation comes more expectation, and and, and that's just yes. natural as football fans. I mean, maybe I'm biased here, but I feel the majority of Leicester fans have taken a success in recent seasons with a bit of a humble step mm. step if you if you will in, in the fact that we we like to remind people that come on here and give a stick or just in general or fans that maybe get a bit ratty rightly so but get a bit ratty and maybe say things in haste that 
we have come a long way. We're a club from humble beginnings where, you know, we're a club that have been dealt hefty blows throughout the years. Whether you're a new supporter or, or, or a long, long time support, I mean, you know, it, you, you've seen the rise and despair of your club, no matter how long you've been following it. And even if you're, say, an, a, a very new supporter in the terms of you're a young young lad or or, or woman supporting a lady supporting a club or whatever terminology you want to use for them these days so I don't offend anybody. Um, kids, they go, some up in one word I couldn't think of there. That would have been the word to use, but wouldn't it? Um, supporting just go, gender, just go gender neutral. I think that covers everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, you may be not actually experience it, but you've probably been raised. And when you've asked about Leicester, especially when I was a kid, I wanted to learn everything I could about the football club. And to a point, the points that I knew, and I obviously, for those that remember, this will show my age, I had VHS tapes of, tapes of like the, the 93, 94 season. And yeah, I watched yeah. Robert and Joe Jim and all them play for the club. And I've experienced it, obviously, growing up. And you've learned about it. You've heard about it. You know that Leicester have been as low as League One and in the administration. We're quite humbled in going forward. But that doesn't stop the fact that we come to a point where after a few successful uh, and consistent seasons of, of, of achieving higher than expected goals, um, probably I'd, I'd, I'd say winning the FA Cup last season was an objective that most people didn't think was quite achievable yet. I think we've, we, we was hoping to get to sort of that quarter-final, semi-final stage and and, and, and see where we're at. So I, I think a lot of Leicester fans would have liked the FA Cup, obviously, but wouldn't have seen it as a, as, a, as an all-round thing. It's quite a hard cup to, to be a success of. And with that means that when we have a start to a season like this, it's like the injury thing that you brought up earlier, Chris. It goes under the microscope a lot more. A lot of people get more critical on the things that you wouldn't even notice if the results were going as well as they had been for the last two seasons. So people maybe just have to also remember that. And I wouldn't suggest that fans have to alter their expectations. I still think Leicester, because there's a hell of a long way to go in the season for starters, have a hell of a long time to correct and end the season in them positions and them expectations that we've set for this club mm. and still have a very successful season. All we're doing as concerned fans at this moment is be the football manager from home and we're trying to think of ways that we could improve the situation right now. And in Brendan, we trust and hope that he's doing that. We, 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 can, we can but hope. Terry said they're announcing the stadium extension to accommodate more fans was the kiss of death. <laughs> quite, quite possibly. Yeah. Uh, quite poss I mean, when you've had a bad run like this, I mean, I'm going to say bad run, but we, 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 it is a bad run compared to what we've been used to. Are we better off playing a team like Palace below us or would we be better off playing... I'm not saying a Brighton because we'd expect to be, or we would, should have expected to be Brighton, but are we better off playing a Palace or would we have been better off playing a Liverpool, Chelsea? I don't think it actually matters I, because mm. I think if you play a Chelsea or a Crystal Palace or a, Nor or a Norwich, uh, you know, or a Newcastle or a team like that, or you play a Liverpool or a Man City, in, in the form that your club's currently in, no matter who you are, let alone Leicester City, 
it's it, it, it will be all for null and void and only end one way if they don't put in a performance to warrant three points. It's, it, it, it might sound weird, and I know psychologically, you know, people like myself like to break up the season, and unfortunately for me, international football does that for me at a time. Um, but like you said, with Palace, maybe with break coming, you know, everybody goes, oh, you want confidence, you want confidence, you want to be playing the teams like Palace, and then people argue the fact that, well, if you play someone you're not expected to be and you put in a performance and you might get a result, it, it does more confidence than beating Norwich easily, um, like 2 or 3 nil. But I just say that right now, that I think the thing that Leicester fans want to see the most of all out of Sunday is a performance. Maybe not the highest of highest quality, because I don't think any team can make that, mm. that rebounded jump, but a good performance, a solid defensive performance. And if they get them basics right, which is going to be key later on in this, in this discussion, give it the basics right, the result will match your performance. And if yeah. Leicester fans get that on Sunday, it doesn't really matter who they'll take on, they will get a result, whether it's Manchester yeah. City or Crystal Palace. I've got to say, Brad, is your clock about to go off? Because Terry's watching, so his dog probably is. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I've got, I've got the secondary light on, so don't worry, Terry. The, the clock's not going to ring and set your dog off, do that, Lee. <laughs> I mean, Terry makes this fair point, and I made this at the end of last season, that I was happy to be, in, as, I was disappointed I wasn't in the Champions League, but in a way, part of me was happy we were in the Europa League, because yet had we made it through to the Champions League and got a hard group in the Champions League, we, I think, some of those teams, can you imagine us going out and playing PSG at the moment? It wouldn't be 1-0, no, it would probably be 10-0. Yeah. Well, yeah, but at the same point, I also think it'd be the worst case of, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm really disappointed we've got a 0-0 draw with Barcelona with the way they're playing. I think that's <laughs> how it would go for last year Champions League. I think it would be the only yeah. time you look at Barcelona, get a draw and go, yeah. well, not me, they're managed by Ismail and his dog. What, what, what yeah. are we losing to Barcelona when they've just been thumped yeah. by Benfica? But... Yeah. You don't know that's the thing, and it's all well and good when it, like I said again, when it's going right or going wrong, you know, how you look at it. It's all well and good saying, oh, well, it's going horrible, so we go horrible for us in Champions League. We could have shown Manchester United how to beat the boys, and we could have shown Real Madrid how to beat Sheriff and got a group like that, and we could be top of that. You don't know. It is how it is. And at it the end is. of the day, there's no point me trying to make comparisons to it like that, because if the players did that, I, I, I'll tell you this now, we'd never get out of this rut. No, no. But, you, you know, you, 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 you is have a team. to learn to let it go, in yeah. a way. Let it go, let it go. Get me singing now, let it go. Um, Palace, uh, bit of a bogey team for us. We played them 18 times in the Premier League. We've won seven, they've won eight. I mean, you know, let's never forget, as Craig reminded me the other night, when uh, in the championship winning season, when we were there, I think about five hours after the final whistle, still singing we're going to win the league. But those yeah, stats are pretty pretty even. You couldn't get really much closer than that unless they were dead on. So we do know, we know we've been on the end of some, some hidings from Palace as well as dishing them out. Yeah, yeah, a few... Big scores have gone against mm. us. Um, it seems to be the case when we lose to Palace, we lose in in, in grace in, in ingracious dig uh, of of losing three nil, four nil, five nil. 
there was one where we lost five nil and we and we had a man sent yeah. off and it was like yes. a glute of balls yeah. in like yeah. 20 30 minutes and it was just so yeah if that comes on i won't be sitting here all calm on a sunday afternoon when we're doing the post-match show and i won't be having graphics because i'll be throwing paper at the cameras mate for you if we have a result like that <laughs> that, that that is something the lesser can avoid um because that will be a disaster i think that's when you may i don't want a result like that because i think a result like that can incur a knee-jerk reaction from those higher up uh, yes. And that, that's yeah. something that worries me a little bit. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully we've not talked about that. Hopefully we're laughing and saying, oh, what were we worried about? We're back to normal and Leicester get comfortable yes. with. Well, I've suddenly just realised why, and don't say that I, I don't bring you topical and you know relevant news items on here. I now realise why there is such a shortage of toilet rolls, you know, as there have been. They all said it was panic buying because of COVID. No, it wasn't. It was bad buying them to throw them at the TV when he sat at home, isn't it? <laughs> the truth yeah, comes very out. Much so. Yeah, very <laughs> now, much so. I... I'll get Sorry, that was it. That was a shit. That was a shit joke. Wee. No, um, it's my toilet humor, Brad. It's my toilet humor. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But you just piss in me off with these jokes. Oh, yeah. dear. So that, oh. Went, that went right down the drain, didn't it? Right down the pan. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've I got my tax refund, so I am feeling a bit flush at the moment. Anyway, let's stop this and move on. Oh, I'm dreading asking joke, this. Sorry? Go on. I said, this isn't that... Dad Jokes Channel. <laughs> oh, I think we should make one. We, we, we are having a joke show coming up soon, but the, there's plans on that. Uh, in, 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 well, there are plans, let's put it that way. Anyway, let's um, have a look now, because we do this with Craig, and I'm a bit worried because we have a one to watch, and we look yeah, at picking, yeah. picking one from um, last, you know, from the opposition that's going to cause us trouble. Um, I, I, I thought you might go for Jeffrey Slope, and then I thought, don't be stupid, it, it's Jeffrey Slope. Um, but whenever he does it, he happens to uh, hello whoever he was there. Hello, so I'm going to have to relocate so they can have the telly, so they don't have to sit here in silence. Bless them. But keep going, mate. Hello, hello, roommates. How how are the devil you? Um, yes, I'm a little bit wood, and I shall keep talking. I tell you what, while you're doing that, I will bring some breaking news because I think it is time for the breaking news. And it is literally hot off the press, this. Leicester City have just signed a new defensive coach. It's just been announced now, if you check it on, on the website, Leicester City have just signed Liam Norton as their new defensive coach. For those of you that don't know Liam Norton, apparently he's got really the best credentials for the job because he is the leader of Insulate Britain. 
And when he puts people across that road, nobody gets past them. So they've got him in there to actually sort our defence out. And if it means super gluing bloody Vestergaard's hand to the penalty spot, he'll do it. So Liam Norton there is the new defensive coach at uh, at Leicester City. And I don't know if Brad's, Brad's back with us yet. Are you with us now? Ah, <laughs> now, did you hear the breaking news? <laughs> I don't think his sound is working. No, you, you're correct. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. No, I am. I, I'm quite good. No, did you hear the breaking news? Yeah, yeah I did, mate. I heard that. I was uh, relocating to my office. Yeah, uh, Liam. No, I say nothing. Let's be honest with you. Nothing gets past those protesters. Maybe we should we should get some of them in our defence. I think it would uh, be maybe, any worse maybe. at the moment. Or maybe we could get but, the people who built the wall of China in. Yes, yeah. But like I say, uh, back to your part now. That you are you comfy? Are you ready to go? Um, yeah, I am now, mate. One to watch. We 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 decided against Jeffrey Schlupp, but you've gone. For this gentleman, he yeah, I've gone for, the right button. Yeah. Yes, yes, I've gone for Hudson Edward, who Leicester fans surely will know we were linked with him not just over this summer, but we were linked with him pretty much as soon as Brendan said I do to the answer of will we take the job at Leicester? He was instantly linked with a move from across. Uh, from Celtic to, to to Leicester, it never appeared. It looked like it was going to appear this year. A bid apparently had been accepted, and then some daft "we hate Brendan" clause was added, so they changed their mind. And he's now playing for Palace. And of course, what could be worse than having a dodgy start to your season where you're relying on a world-class 34-year-old score your goals because apparently your top goal scorer from last year can't get in the team. And your new signing hasn't got a game yet in the Premier League. Uh, what happens? He goes and scores two against Tottenham Hotspur after about three seconds of being on the pitch. And everybody wants every man and his dog says, "Oh, we should have signed him." Um, I think he's one to watch because you can guarantee if he sticks a ball in there, a Leicester fans are going to go on saying, "Oh, see, Roger should have just stopped being so arrogant. He should have signed him. He should have put the deal in, or whatever." And He's, he's one to watch for probably not the reasons that Craig picks his one to watch. He probably picks one to... he probably, I would say, try and avoid the obvious in Zaha, um, which is which is yeah. another one that maybe would have come up. But I think he's one to watch because I think he you'll, you'll see either why he's not a Leicester player because he won't get picked to start and he just had a brilliant impact or you'll see him throughout the 90 minutes and really get to judge why Leicester's scouting decided against the move for Edward, whether it was deal or, you know, whether it was the silly cause that was rumoured to be the thing. And that's the only reason we didn't get him. Or you're going to see frail to, to his game. Um, I say that, obviously, people might laugh at that because of the defensive frailty. There's a frail defence uh, is in such a state at Leicester that it might not come mm. to that one. But he's one to keep an eye on because he's going to have the pressure on him. This is only his second game since joining for Palace. 
It's not like he's been scoring since week one. He, he, he finally made an appearance and came on against the shambles of a Spurs side and grabbed two goals. Yeah. You know, didn't Chris Wood score a hat-trick on his debut for us, but then only scored like three goals for us in the, in, 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 in the Premiership. It doesn't show that when you have a great debut, things always go swimmingly for you. He might argue he's at Burnley scoring their top goals, but he's not living the, le- the levels that were needed to play for Leicester City. And I've just got this feeling that Leicester might just have him on toast at the back. And I know people aren't going, Brad, are you serious? After the Brayton's you've just given them in the Europa League in the first six games of the season, you're going to tell me now all of a sudden the defence is going to shape up and have one on toast? Mm. Well, yeah, funny enough, I actually do because I think so much emphasis on him to back up the performance with a with with a team like Leicester, then if they can shut that door for the first 20 minutes and say, no one's coming in, no goals, thank you, you're not turning your way at the door, sort of thing, that when they settle into the game, Leicester, they'll find their way on top and then all of a sudden there'll be way too much expectation on his shoulders and we'll see why we chose Dakar over him. Well, just to say, we, we have had the kiss of death already, because Mark Lawrenson has actually predicted us to win 2-0. So you know it's not oh, going to happen. And he oh, said, Leicester are having a great time. Uh, not having a great time at the moment. But Jamie Vardy has started scoring again. Three goals in his past two games, which makes me think their form is going to impress soon. Now, he always does yeah. it up against a non-football um, celebrity. And he's actually... there's I've never heard of this guy, but apparently Michael Venom Page, a.k.a. MVP who's a mixed martial arts star. Um, mixed martial arts, it sounds like something you get on a Chinese takeaway menu. <laughs> We're looking at him. If he says whatever score he says, I'm going to agree with him. I'm not going to argue with this guy. But he's he's actually gone for Palace 1-0 win. Let's be dropping a lot of points, so I fancy Palace, but only just 1-0. And if that's what uh, Michael says, Michael, I'm, I'm going with you. I'm going with you. Um after a four-game winning one against Leicester City, Crystal Palace have failed to win any of their past four against the Foxes in the Premier League. That probably means that the duo win over us. Um, but here's the yeah. good news, Brad. Um, well, you know, it's, it's about as good news as I said earlier. Leicester have lost each of their past three Premier League away games against London sides. Um, yeah, and it balances many- itself out, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love these stats because they just BBC bless them, pick pick the best ones out. Um, right, well, we're going to go on now. Um, we've got score predictions coming up at the end. We got past the one to watch, and I, I, I'm just going to if if Edouard scores against us on Sunday, I'm dropping the whole thing. I am never doing that section ever, ever again. Um, we're going to be. Um, Gonna go and try and pick a team for this weekend, and we'll do that right Correct. after this. Kevin! <laughs> Kevin! <laughs> that always makes me chuckle. It does. It makes it makes me laugh as well. You gotta love a bit of Jamie, haven't you? You gotta love a bit of Jamie. Ooh. Right. Okay. So um, now this is the team that. When we used to do this last year with 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 uh, with Craig, he, he used to pick the team that he thought Brendan would pick. But I want you to pick a team, Brad, that you would love love to see tomorrow. Taking into account injuries, so we can't pick, say, for example, Indeedy or 
whatever. So you cannot pick teams that are, that are actually injured, uh, but it's the team that you would like to see play. Yeah. That said, yeah. we did that. We did that last week with with with, um, with Craig. We got we got ten out of eleven right, and we still couldn't beat Burnley. So I don't know what that <laughs> says about it. All. But first of all, what what formation would you like to go for? Yeah, uh, funny enough, Chris, I've kind of done both. I kind of prepared for both, and I'll show that in the graphic at the end and probably explain yeah. my choice I'm about to make now. Because although it sounds basic, there is a part two to this formation. But the basic starting formation of how I want Leicester to line up is 4-4, four, four, chuffing two. Yeah. And like I said... I was just hoping then that the formation you'd chosen was one that was there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and obviously it might sound a bit basic, but when I go into a bit of detail yeah. with my little uh, my little sky graph here, I'll, I'll show the compact differences between what we're currently using and why I've changed to this one and how it will change, like an attack, for, for example. To be totally honest with you, mate, you'll never get any argument from me for a 4-4-2. It kind of worked for us at the back end of the season, and why mm. we haven't gone for two up front with whatever behind? Well, we've had that conversation many times, haven't we? But yeah. um, so four four bloody two it is. Um, but I take it you're going. I suppose it's no it's no secret who you're going to go for in goal. I'll take it that it's Eldin Yukovic, isn't it? Yeah, obviously I've gone <laughs> for Eldin Yukovic. How did you know? No, uh, obviously I've gone with. Um... Casper Schmeichel. Um, <laughs> I just know these things, mate. I know these I know. things. I, I know, uh, right. I've got with Casper and goal. Right, let me just, there we go, can see who it is now. Okay, so let's start with the two central defenders. Who are we going to go on the right um, centre-back? I have gone with Kaglar Soyuncu as the right centre-back. I know yeah. it's not really a lot of fans might say with regards to who I put alongside him that they would switch him, but there's something that stuck in my head that apparently when... He's alongside his centre-back partner that I'm going to put him with, uh, assuming he's fit for the game, is when he plays on the right side alongside him, he actually seems to have a better game. So I've gone for that one, but I'm fine for people's opinion to say that they'll be switched. But I would go with Cags on the right-hand side. I mean, I uh, think uh, Craig made a very good point a while ago. Um, yeah, I think it was Craig, that, actually. Was yeah, Craig. that he actually... Um, plays better at them because he was having a torrid time at the start of the season, uh, Kaglar. Um, you know, not only just for us, for Turkey as well. I was suggesting, as I always do, take him out, give him a rest, take him away from the crowd. Um, Brendan didn't. Brendan's put him on the right rather than on the left, and it's meant that he's just had to keep to the, um, you know, his basics. He's not had to do the the, the Cruyff turns. Terry says he, he can't wait to see where uh, you put uh, Perez in this. <laughs> that is going to be interesting. I think he's probably going to put Perez in a room with a big lock on chain on it so that he can't get out. <laughs> and we will never see him, never see him again. Um, and we've got to say a very hello. How the devil are you to uh, to Scott? Welcome along, Scott. Um, have you got a note? You're late. Uh, hi, Chris. Hi, Brad. Hope you're both well. Can Brad please rectify his formation? I missed no, it. No, <laughs> I can't. I will, re I will rectify it when it comes to it. Yes. Uh, it sounds very painful if you're having your uh, formation rectified. Um, 
you can get pills and a cream now. You know that, don't you? Yeah. Right, sir. Who are we just let Terry know. Just let Terry know. I have got a little note here now. I've just just remembered. I've just ripped Perez down in my tactics book. That will come up for him, especially just at the end of that part when we get there. <laughs> oh, I have a feeling I know where this might be going, young Brad. Um, <laughs> right. Who are you putting alongside uh, our Turkish delight? Uh, 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 our Northern Irish friend in Johnny Evans. Tell me he's Northern Irish now. I always get them too mixed up. Don't make me look like a crap now. He is. He's definitely he is, he is Northern Irish, Irish yes. Yeah. I always think, hold on, no, is it, is it Republic of Ireland he plays for? He always, don't know why. But yeah, assuming he is fit because he was left out of the of, of the, the last couple of performances. Well, apparently, I've got, I've got to say, just checking now, Leicester City pair Johnny Evans and Wilfred Ndidi are both unavailable. So, right, then it would obviously be Vestergaard. Uh, I'm afraid I have to go with what's fit. I did, I did make the, the this sign with you, did, yeah, yeah, you did quite right as well. It, it, you know, you can only go for for who is who is fit. Um, Vestergaard and Soyuncu over a Marty in there at all. Yeah, I just feel more comfortable. I don't think Daniel Marty's ever done too much wrong. But I don't want to play a three at the back, and that's the only way I think a Marty fits in there. And the only way a Marty looks more solid in the back three is if Evans is fit. So if he's not free, there's not a chance in hell I'm, I'm putting him in a back two. Um, it's two centre backs that we've got, and that that's what we've got as our options. Um, mm. I can't I can't really go either either side of that. So. It has to be vested there for me. Ideally, I would have liked Evans, but knowing that information, I will now just change that one over there yeah. so, that, so I know he's not available. Yeah. I mean, um, Vestergaard can't have as bad a game as he had midweek. And we're back to the Premier League that he knows um, very well. Um I, I, just, I think he said there's a lot of players can't play as bad as they played midweek, and he hadn't been looking too bad. And you know he isn't he isn't Fafana. And let's be honest with you, once Fafana's fit, whether Evans is or not, Fafana's going to be in that back too, isn't he? So you know it's a case of he's in there. The other option, oh no, I don't think Benkovic is in the squad, is he? He's in the European squad, but he's not in the uh, in the Premier League squad. I wouldn't pick him anyway, no, mate. No offense for him. Oh no, of course, no, no, no. I'm just thinking of options. So for left back, I'm going to go um, with Ryan Bertrand. It's left back. I think he's been reliable. Um, yes. I think I think when when he's had a bad game, he's not been the only one. I know it doesn't excuse it, but he's been more reliable. Than, than, than not for us this season. And that's not a thing you can say about too many Leicester players, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, so I've gone with Ryan Bertrand at the back. Um, I think Luke Thomas has done well, but he was accelerated into the team. And I, I still feel he's got a lot to learn. And I think people are arguing about a settled back four. Well, I think or back five, or whatever their defensive eight, or whatever it is they want it settled. And for me, I think you have to settle with one of your wing-backs at least. And, and for me, that has to be, for this season, predominantly, it will have to be Bertrand for me. So, yeah, I've got Brian Bertrand on the left. 
I would agree a thousand percent. To me, I think Bertrand could end up being our surprise mm. signing of the window, and that's you know yeah. saying a lot when you look at who we've signed. He's got yeah. that experience. Notice when he didn't play midweek that we were struggling to get the ball past the first man at corners and free kicks again. Um, he's got that. He's got the experience. I, you know, I've noticed. You know, he talks a lot to, to players and he, he settles them down. He's got that. They say experience, and he's next to an ex-teammate. So the two of them on that left-hand side together should should be in the operative word here be able to sort of get things together, shouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, you'd think that. And and to be honest with you, I, I don't want to sound harsh to, to, to the lad, but with JJ reportedly a few weeks away from being either back in training or, or potentially ready to be to, to be considered for selection. I know Rogers or or, or it was it was either Rogers or the Leicester website themselves announced that last week I think it was that he had about four to six weeks left wasn't too clear on whether like I said that was until he's back completely or if it's just back in training but I feel then when that side's going to get a bit overloaded that either you're going to find that Luke Thomas either has a, a season to learn on the training ground pitch and gets limited minutes mm. uh, to maybe not very you know you don't think you'll get a lot of minutes overall when JJ's back and running alongside Bertrand, maybe even a case of in January, he goes out on loan to a team in the championship that, that aren't having the greatest of time and he can impress there and get his confidence up and be back ready to compete for it next season. I think because he was sort of grabbed by the shirt and chucked into the first team, it, it, not in the most ideal way. And he's, he's handled it well. I'm not going to say he's not. It's not like he's been an absolute disaster. He's actually been quite a success as a left back. But I think maybe it's not always a bad thing to sometimes revert back to where you need to be. And that might be just spending like seven months, Thomas, learning on that training yeah. pitch each week, learning and learning and learning and watching JJ develop and, and, and watching Ryan Bertrand and listen to what these players are saying. And I'm not like, again, I'm not saying he's not already doing this, but I think it takes the pressure of him not expecting to put that instantly, what he's practised onto the pitch straight away. I wouldn't be against thinking if we've got two options, along with more Castagne as 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 a, as a viable option we can play on that side. If worse comes to worse, um, that you can afford to allow him to go and develop his game in the Championship, as we've seen before with some of the players we've got in this squad, and, yeah. and gain experience as well. I'm not suggesting dropping to under 20s. I don't think I'm going no. for him. I I don't, I'm, I'm wondering whether, I mean, with, with Thomas, he he's, he's he's had his loan spells in the past, of course. Um, the only thing with, with JJ when he comes back is, you know, we've seen Madison. He's take, He's come back, but it's taken him a while to find his form again. And I think he actually had a decent game when he came on against um, Legia. And... It's the same with, with, with Ricardo. It's the same with Castagna. They've all, yes, they've been fit enough to come on, but they've not got their form back, if you like. So it, it's, you know, when JJ finally does come back, it'll be like a new signing when we get him back. You know, we've, we've yeah, almost yeah, yeah. forgotten about him. 
but he will um, still have, yes, he'll be back in four to six weeks, but I think he can probably add another four weeks on the top of that before he's probably, you know, fully match fit and, and, and what have you. So it could it could be interesting. This, I'm wondering if we're going to disagree on this one, but I mean, at the end of the day, we go with you because you're picking it. You're right back, sir. Is Timothy Castagno. No, we agree 100%. Yes, well done. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Ricardo, I don't think to mimic what you've literally just said there about when JJ does re- return, I think Ricardo isn't quite back to his full flair best. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's still struggling maybe psychologically to get over that injury. I, I think I've mentioned it a few times that maybe I'm just reading too much into it, but sometimes he doesn't always seem to commit with a hundred percent to his movement off the ball or his, his his attack going forward. Maybe he's got that injury in the back of his mind still. He's not wanting to do too much demanding. Uh, not to suggest that he's not giving Leicester a hundred percent. That's 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 don't take that out of context. But mm. in a sense that he, he he in in that in that back of the mind he remembers that injury and oh am I strong enough? Can I really go at that full power? And right now Timothy Castagne is probably one of the few that shows that He's up and down that right flank, and he's doing the job on that right side for me. That the 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 need, and that's why I picked Castagne over Ricardo. No, I I I completely agree with you. It's it's going to be, you know, I mean, how often have we went went you know simple, but you know we've fallen over in ice. Mm. And then next, we're going to, you know, walk into the shops, we go out the shops, and we're on ice again, and we're like, oh, and we're a little bit like, you know, be careful we don't yeah. we don't fall again. So it's only natural that these players are going to, like you say, have that at the back of the mind. Right, we're going to look at our midfield four, and we will look at that um, straight after this, because we've got this coming up on Sunday night. And you'll be back with us then as well, Brad. Yes, I will be. You've not got away from me this week, have you? You you adore well, in public. Why? Why don't Why don't we just move in together? Well, then questions <laughs> would be asked. <laughs> Talking of JJ, good evening, JJ. Welcome along. Thanks for joining us. Um, I hope you got a note. You're late, um, but uh, how the devil are you, sir? I hope you are well. Uh, if we play the same, I expect us to 100% lose, probably 3-0. Uh, I, I don't think we can... I won't say I don't think we can play as badly again. That's that's put the uh, cat among the pigeons, hasn't it? Uh, let's start with the centre mid here then, Brad. Um, who uh, are you going well, on the right centre mid? Well, I don't know if it matters, they can swap, but your first central midfielder. Um, no, the information I've got, it doesn't actually change too much. I thought I was going to have to make mm. a change at the last second, sort of thing, but it doesn't really change too much because I'd still have um, Yuri Tillemans as the right midfielder in, in this scenario. Um, I just, I, I think out of all that midfield, minus Ndidi, who unfortunately is not available for selection, as you've informed me, who would, who, 
you know, not not to maybe give a spoiler to to that side, would have still got in my team, but he's probably been the one that's in that middle central part of it has done more good than bad for you know, i.e. bad passing, giving the ball away. He's made some quality passes. He's got some assists this season. He's probably the one that you think, okay, you're starting to get there. At least, you know, like you said, Vivardi and his goals, Kalichi playing, uh, etc. I think your returns over the last week or so has been one that you look at and go, all right, it's not always coming off, but it's starting to come off more. I think there's, there's been more positive points to his performances uh, for me. Um, so, yeah, I've gone with Yuri Tillemans to be one of the, the midfield centrals. Is is Yuri undroppable? Not if he has a bad game. He's just as susceptible to being dropped as Madison is, in my opinion. I don't like the term undroppable. Um, you can only really use that. You've got to be careful when you use that. For example, is Jamie Vardy undroppable? On the form he's in, yes. Is he undroppable? No, not really. He's not. He's not undroppable. Is your Tillemans undroppable? On his current form and form of other players, no, he, 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 he yeah, he is undroppable. But is he undroppable as, as, as an actual out-and-out player? No, mm. he's not. He's definitely someone you could drop. And if if this is a performance that doesn't get up there in like yeah. the sevens, I, I, you would argue that that's a position that comes under threat. He, again, he was probably one of the few players that was half decent midweek. And in in deference to Craig, who obviously isn't with us tonight, but as he always says for Tillemans, he is kind of like Brendan's um, general on the field, if you like. And especially for yeah. Craig, he's a bit like a quarterback. <laughs> so I've got to get yeah. that in there. Just in case you're watching it, Craig, that was for you. Now then, this is going to be interesting. Um because you yeah, you'd normally pick Indeedy, which makes me think, hmm, no Madison. But you can't pick Indeedy because he is injured. So who are we going for? I know he didn't have the best of games. Um, he actually probably had one of the worst games I've seen. Oh, sorry, I've, my fingers slipped have. there. I do apologise. Oh, who was that you got in? Who are you swearing at? Don't swear at me. Don't you dare. I'll get off the channel and do the rest on your own. Um, it is, it, it is now that's the more, eh? No, yeah, oh, I'm sorry, I've worked. I did get seats two o'clock in the morning. I think you were saying it like that. That's the more, it's an obvious choice because I obviously had originally Wilfred in the lineup, yeah. he was my obvious choice. I just go light for light, and I'm sorry, I know he had a good performance when he came off the bench. For me, but you'll understand when the system's explained at the end, and I get given the, the floor, as Chris would like to say, whilst, I, whilst I'm still going for that more player who's probably got a bit more defensive mind about him. I think that might give you a little mm. inkling of where I'm going with this, but yeah, I'd go with um, Tamore partnering yeah. your return. Tamore, to that I moment. think, is the natural replacement for yes. Wilf yeah. if Wilf is, is, is injured. Um, yeah, and especially with Mendy not being with us at the moment, you know, being out on loan. Yes. So, to be honest with you, I don't, I, I'm, I would have kept Mendy and let Chowdhury go. But hey, you know, like I say, what I know about football, you can write on the back of a postage stamp. We're going to say oh. uh, hello and how the devil are you? And um, 
if you know me, mate, and you know my attempts at making pronunciations of uh, of names that are, are slightly different, you'll know that I'm useless. So I don't think I could even attempt that uh, that name. Proswell, yeah, let's leave it at that. Hiya, welcome, thanks for joining us. Benkovic should be given a chance instead of Vestergaard. I think if, if Benkovic had played more, possibly. I think Benkovic yeah, is just going to be... Uh, well, A, he's, he's not in the Premier League squad anyway, so I don't think Sorry, he, he couldn't be picked, you know. But um, I think he's there purely as a... If we're that desperate with injuries, you might get a game, mate, you know. but uh, Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Now then, the left of midfield. Who are we going for here? I'm going with Harvey Barnes. I'm going with Harvey Barnes. I thought it Agreed. was criminal that he didn't play on. Uh, well, he didn't play yesterday. I, I, I'm completely baffled how he doesn't start, um, especially with his your his European record for us. Um, it was baffling. And as much as I like the options we've got on the left, and good old Kevin, or as Jamie likes to shout at him, Kevin, um, <laughs> I. I, I just feel for for the way I'm lining us up and, and how I would suggest they, they go about their business, Harvey Barnes is gonna be the man to do that with what I what, what I would be asking him to do in this lineup. Um I think so yeah, it's not what I'm saying this weekend, as in, you know, there was a break for you whatever, we might have seen a different team. Do you think Brendan's looked at this and he's trying to use the squad? He's got all these players. Yeah, he's got to give some of these new signings a game. I think as well, there are certain players that couldn't play on, let's like say, for example, probably Jamie couldn't, and 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 if he was fit, probably Evans couldn't do uh, Thursday and Sunday. But then you've got to say, Barnes is a hell of a lot younger, and he should be able to yeah. play in a couple of games. Yeah, he should be. I, I, I feel that the players like himself. I mean... We say, oh, Barnes, he can't play every week. Oh, they can't play him every week. Kagelos, aren't you? Kasper Schmeichel, oh, it's goalkeeper. Yep. That may be a bit different. Kagelos, aren't you? Your retirements. Mm. Jamie Vardy predominantly plays every week. Mm -hmm. There's no reason Harvey Barnes can't play on a Thursday and be up for it and ready to play and give us his all on, on, on a Sunday. And I'm sure yes. he will if he's selected. Yes. Now then, if you want to make me happy, you know you've got to go for on the right here, but whether you will or not, whether I'm going to mute you for the next 10 minutes and not let you show your amazing graphics, we are about to find out. On the right side of midfield, who are you going to go for? Adam Arnold-Luckman. Uh, there's no, there's, we haven't got a single other player. We haven't got a single other player in that because you want me to, I've just, I've just done some police investigation work, mate, and I've found a signs of where I think we should leave Perez on, on our travels to Crystal Palace. If you just want to quickly show where I think the, the Perez should be, if you just want to bring me full screen, once I found him, you know, that might come up backwards to you lot, but if that gives it away... No, country, no, it, it's readable, him. that, yes. <laughs> Where's where Perez should go? That's how far right Perez should go from this team. Go and watch the Napoli Napoli, not Napoli, go and watch the League of World Shore post match because that, that'll explain everything from my humble opinions on Perez. 
um, without spoiling it, because I'm not going to spoil it for you. Go and check it out. Go and hit the like button while you're there. <laughs> the thing is, though, with Leicester City, of course, if we did try and get him into Australia, he wouldn't have the right paperwork. <laughs> no, probably not. Although at least you'd have to quarantine over there at the moment. I know that because of the ashes uh, debacle yeah. that's going on at the moment. So at least we'd Are be you around. The ashes at the moment. Apparently, well, that their idiot of a captain or wherever he is, that the wicket keepers come out and said it doesn't matter if they want to travel or not. The ashes is going ahead, and he's just made an idiot of himself. Um, but apparently, it's going ahead. Uh, I know ECB are saying it won't go. We're not sending our players if they can't at least have families because. With the uh, 2020 stuff and everything else, they'll be away from yeah. their families for four months, which I Very think well. is understandable. Yeah. More, yeah, yeah. more understandable yeah. than what the rugby Australian side did, refusing yeah. to travel. Uh, but, you know, who am I to anyway, judge? That, 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 yeah, that's cricket. Like you say, we'd probably lose anyway. But, um, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Dorco said, um, oh, good evening, Dorco. Um, our wing is necessary because we have no. Uh, big strikers for them to cross to. Well, you've got, you've got a right-sided midfielder, you've got a left-sided midfielder in a four-four-two. There, they're not necessarily wingers, are they? Yeah. See, wait, wait till we be graphics. Mm. I've got this big footballing brain of mine will, will blow you away with how I actually structure them. Or it'll have you laughing at me. I mean, you know, it, 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 <laughs> I, I, I wonder sometimes about if you could blow your nose, Brad. Let alone blow you. <laughs> uh, if it was made mate. of dynamite, I still wouldn't have enough, mate. I tell you that much. <laughs> uh, Terry's there. Anyway, we're coming to strikers, and yeah. talking of strikers. Wilfred, and you know, and I, and I, I dread saying this because you know what's going to happen. Uh, Wilfred Zahar has scored 49 goals for Crystal Palace and he could become the first player in the club's history to reach 50 goals in the top flight. You know what that means, don't you? Yeah, he's going to score. Yes, so at this point, yeah. Abraldo scoring a hat-trick and he's scoring a goal, so Leicester are going to win this game 5-4. <laughs> I'd, take, I'd take that right now, mate. I'd take that. Right. So, um, first striker. The man himself, the man on form, the man with five goals in, in six games, Jamie Vardy. Get him in that oh, scene. Sorry, I, that. I was hovering over Perez then when you were building the part up. No, we're going to fall <laughs> out, mate. It'll be me muting you in a minute. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot. And he's in Australia, isn't he? he, can't, he he's not available. Yeah. You can't, I've got to be honest with you, I mean, I, I did criticise Jamie early on because he didn't, um, he wasn't on form, and let's be honest with you, he, he was missing. And you've got, to, you've got to say with Jamie, half the time, if we're not getting the ball to him, you know, he has the, yeah. some of that, quite often, the fewest touches. But, yeah. again, it's Jamie Vardy, he Proves me wrong, shows I know absolutely nothing about football, and he's gone there and he, he's he's joint top of the scoring chart. Yeah, and you know when you say the words undroppable, right now that is one of them that I would give you saying, yeah, right, he is undroppable, and um, because he is in top form, I think there was a lot less fans. I'll, I'll hold my hand up, including myself, this season that thought maybe Jamie Vardy would start being the rotation striker. It certainly isn't the case because um, he's the only striker that Brendan plays at the moment uh, from the start. Um, so, obviously, um, he had to make it into this team regardless of how many strikers picked. I think I could have put, picked just one and I wouldn't be saying anyone else on form uh, no. alone at the moment. 
Portwell is suggesting that you pick uh, Vardy and Nacho. We'll find out in a minute. More breaking news. Terry has just given me some breaking news. Uh, I don't know who you have gone for. We're going to find out in the moment. But if you had gone for Inacho, apparently he's eligible uh, to play now as well. God, it gets even worse, doesn't it? Because apparently um, Leicester forgotten his players passed to get him into the ground. <laughs> like it, Terry. Boom, <laughs> uh, boom. Well done, Terry. No, You're here all week. <laughs> right, sir. Okay, we've got one position to fill. We've got Schmeichel in goal. We've got a back four from the left of Bertrand, Vestergaard, Torrentio, and Castagna. Some of these places are obviously filled out of necessity rather than choice. Cross the midfielder, and I think you've got the best midfield at the moment that, that we've got there, Brad. Barnes, Sumare, Tillemans, and Luckman. And, of course, you'd probably have to put in DD in instead if, if he was fit. Vardy, totally agree at the moment. And as much as I criticised him earlier, and he, he wasn't, let's be honest with you, he was missing what... And that was my problem with him. He was missing shots that last season, or the season before, the season before that, you know, that would have gone in off his arse, you know, and he was missing them. Yeah. But yeah. As, as Jamie Vardy is Jamie Vardy, he, he, he proves us all wrong and he keeps going and, and he's back. But... And we know it can't be Perez because he's in Australia. Who are you going to play alongside Mr. Vardy? I'm going for Kalich, Kalechi Ianacho. It's, it's just Both of them. right now he is the man <laughs> that needs to be alongside Vardy. Um, I know a lot of people want to see more of Daka. This isn't the occasion for him. Um, I think you need to give the man in form. The man who's getting goals and assists is Jamie Vardy and Kalichi and Acho at the moment. Um, they need to be starting together. Fans want to see it. It's amazing. It's ironic that we're playing Crystal Palace because if you, you know, you said we drew with them in December one all at Crystal Palace, didn't we? He infamously missed the penalty, Kalichi and Acho. And I think at around about that game, a lot of Leicester fans had lost faith with Ian Acho. Um, at that point, it just shows that, you know, what a lot of banding together and 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 reinstalling his confidence into him, and what a good job the backroom staff and Brandon Rogers and the lads themselves have done to get him, not let a moment like that knock him back too far. Because in that short space of time, it, you know, since that since that day where he missed a penalty, which would have won us the game against Palace, he is now a player that we consider should be starting every week. And, and that's the reason I think a lot of Leicester fans may be contentious with my midfield or, or, or back four in terms of numbers, but they're very happy probably to see that I've got Nacho into my side because he's the man that literally less than tw just over 12 months ago, mate, was, was, was given up by a lot of Leicester fans. It's, it yeah. just shows you how things can change in such a short period of time, doesn't it, if you think of it that I way? Think, yeah, I, I agree, and I think... What's annoying for me is, and I am I'm an old bugger, so I do like the four-four bloody two formation. But what annoys me is that it worked so well for us last season. At the end, yes, we had the oh. odd blip like Newcastle and what have you, but overall, we wouldn't. I don't think we would have finished fifth if it hadn't been for Inacho coming in. And like I say, it was no great. It wasn't Brendan sat there with his team going. 
I've got a great a great idea. Let's try this out. He did it because Barnes was injured, you know. Madison yeah, was injured, yeah, he so he had to do something. So he kind of stumbled on it. And when you stumble upon something that is so obviously working, so obviously goes for you, what do you do at the start of next season? You drop it. No, yeah. you don't, Brendan. You you stick with yeah. a winning foot. If it's not broken, don't fix yeah. it. And that two up front was not broken. Far, far from it. And why have we not... And I'm, I'm going to get a rant now. Why have we not seen it? At, you know, it, it, enough this season. I, I, I just... This is what frustrates as much as I love Brendan and what he's done, and I, I don't want him to go anything like that. He does frustrate me. You know, he people say he's stubborn, but mm. you know, when when you when you suddenly discover something like that, and he could have come out and went, Yeah, well, I've got that planned all along. It was a great tactical decision, wasn't it? And we'd all have gone, Yes, Brendan. Of course, you know. Well, oh. Anyway, I agree with you. And I think I'm a bit worried because I agree with you with virtually all of that team. So <laughs> it's worrying times when people are agreeing with me ninety percent of it. It's, well, when we agree together, that that is worrying for a start. But yeah, yeah, I do know. Oh, I've got to say, uh, and I hope you've got. Uh, I hope you've got a note here, uh, Maisie. But um, hello to you. How how the devil are you? And it's an excuse just to do this again. Hello, Maisie. Hello. I have actually got a little devil that is actually called Maisie. And I'll bring Maisie on for you. There's Maisie. <laughs> She's doing a great show. I think it's tonight. I retweeted it in, in, in support of uh, of um, female cancer, or female cancer support. So make sure you get over to the Devils United channel and give that a watch and support her doing that because some of these things do go beyond ju just football alone um so give her give her a support um <laughs> are you on about me or the graphic here at Maisie <laughs> we we need a jingle to be made with um her laugh for Palace, I think honestly it might get to the point, mate, where I'm doing it for Leicester. I don't know about anybody yeah. else. And Scott says, uh, I thought you only had a rant at the start of the show or changing your own tactics now. Hey, a change in tactics, Scott, every now and again keeps people on the toes. You don't know. Yeah. My my rant comes out when you least expect it. You could be sat there in all, and then suddenly Chris's rant appears. So you can never be safe. You can never be safe from Chris's rant. What else you can't be safe from is Brad's amazing graphics. And I believe, Brad, that you have got some graphics to back up your team selection here. Yeah, yeah, I do. I don't know how I'm going to do do this on the screen, but it's you have to bear with me. I don't know if any of you can see that. That's the basic way that Leicester tend to line up in a 4-3-3 formation. I have put the initials down there to show that it was pretty much the same team that I'd picked throughout it. The biggest problem that Leicester have at the moment, and I, what I'll draw for you is, as you can see with that team, when I get the camera angle right, is, is the centre-backs tend to do a lot of sideways passing. They tend to go a little bit too sideways. I'm yeah, trying to do I this noticed that. <laughs> and I think the problem that they have with it is, Unfortunately, it's so slow and methodical. And I will just draw it off camera here. That the more ball moves side to side between them, Wilford and Didi then go from where he is, and obviously this will be 
in, in, obviously this is a team selection, but I'm drawing the team that they usually pick. Wilfred indeed, he normally finds himself that little dot there. He's so close to the centre-back pairings that when the wing-backs try to go forward, there's a massive gap between himself and the likes of Madison, who's on the other side, and, and Yogi Tillman, who are our middlemen. And what that means is by the time we finally get the ball, after piddling around with it, that passing it between our back, our back two, our wing-backs, and, and, and our central defensive midfielder, and indeed is, by the time we get it into these areas of, of any threat, the top three here, Luteman, Barnes, and Jamie Vardy, well, they've just been completely marked out of the game. They'll have what, two people marking there, they'll have two people marking there, they'll have someone behind Madison, and Jamie Vardy will have normally two people around them. I know it's a bit difficult to see. I am doing it in haste. But you see the squiggles that I'm putting around them. Luton might have two people. Barnes will have people cutting him off. And what then seems to happen is Leicester gets to about here and then realise they've got to go all the way back to their back line and we have that collective drone. See, now the reason people might suggest that we need to go two up front, and this is why I come into it with my tactic astute here, is if Leicester play with a bit more dynamic plays and I'll just do it this way so I'm not drawing lines all over trying to do it this way it's a bit difficult but if we get the ball out to our defence and still play it out if Timothy Castagne or if it's on the other side it'll be Bertrand push forward and if indeed he is the one that fills in and slots the gap as we go forward I don't want the wing backs playing as overlapping I want them as advanced wing backs so I don't want them pushing too far up I want their recovery work to be able to come back and defend to not completely kill them out through the game because I think they can come back quicker and help our defensive um, our defensive situations if we get caught out in, in a quicker build at play. But what it is, is, is basically utilise Ndidi is sort of the Kante role where he'll go forward, he will move the ball onto Yori Tillemans and he will drive forward to, to get forward. And in doing so, what I'll allow him to do is he'll then have the options of, say, Ineatro might drop a bit closer and sit around the edge of the box so he's got him as an outlet he maybe finds a, a, a killer through ball for Jamie Farley to run on to he then has Lutman uh, and Harvey Barnes who were used in the transitional period of building the attacks by being out wide but they both would have come into play they both would have come in from the wing position into more of a, a, an attacking midfield role or inverted forward if you want to and when they come in then that means that then your Tillemans then has the options to spread the play to the edges of the boxes or just outside. He's got the options to go forward directly to Ineacho and Vardy in the middle. But he also has Wolford and Didi as his insurance policy, sort of sat on a halfway line, depending on the situation, where if it's needed and you've still got your advanced wingbacks alongside him in that line, so you've got Ndidi probably sat about there at this point, and you've got your wingbacks either side across that line that if we need to quickly rotate and they've got men behind the ball and start and drag them out a bit more we're not going back to Shemichael's and putting Vestergaard and Evans uh, under pressure with a with, with a, a, pull, a ball down there for, for, for someone like Edward to put pressure on them we're only going back here which forces their 9-10 behind the ball to come out and then literally, as soon as Ndidi gets it and they come charging out to try and close it, or in this case it will be Samari because Ndidi's not able to play, he just plays a ball. And then Castagne can, play, can go a bit more forward if he plays Castagne. And then he finds Ardemana Luckman, who will become more of a inverted forward, as I said. He wouldn't be so close to body. He'd probably be more left ring 
right winger slash inverted forward. And again, it keeps the intensity of players coming up. And it means that Castagne, instead of potentially Leicester getting caught out in that final third and losing the ball, and Castagne and Bertrand getting caught out very high up at the pitch, because they're only playing as advanced wing-backs, they're not asked to go too much further. They're there for the ball to get recycled, put in, and pumped into the box. So that Tillemans, Iniacho, Vardy, and then the other side, so if it's Harvey Barnes putting the cross in, Lutman then makes his way into the box to either get on the end of a cross to the back post, or if Barnes overhits it, he can then recover the ball and put it into the danger zone again, and vice versa. It just shows to me that if we're a little bit more creative and we have that anchored position with Wilfred and Didi, where he's, obviously it will be Samore, but ideally it will be Samore or Ndidi that picks up that ball. Because I've, I've seen this so many times this season where, where the likes of our creative attacking players are picking the ball up and they're, they're practically in the face of, you know, Lutman's practically right in front of Castagne, Barnes is right next to Bertrand or Thomas, and it's probably your. What's the point in your Tillemans are attacking player or Madison picking the ball up on the edge of our own box and having to run for it? If we play in that system where we've got the anchor with Ndidi, he marshals it, and the wing backs play as advance, like I say, not overlapping. I feel like we've got that control and we've got that ability to recover the ball quicker if we lose it in areas which we have been losing it when going forward. and. Barnes and Lutman have proven they're versatile to hold it out on the wing in the builder process and then going for the juggler, getting in. Mm. You know? Uh, for, I think next week, Brad, I'm going to get you a, an Etch-a-Sketch. <laughs> yeah, it would be easy, wouldn't it? I could do a Sky one. What, what, we, what we actually need, I, I absolutely love that. And that is, as Luca said there, and how the devil are you, Luca? Welcome along. I mean, that. You, you you succinctly put it, and uh, as Scott says there, uh, send it send it to Brendan. Um, Lucas says we should have you on tactics. I think we need to get you one of those little whiteboards stuck on your wall, and then you can pick yeah, the phone yeah. up, turn the camera. So as you as you're actually doing, you can film what you're doing on the board. To be honest with you, mate, what you just went through then made absolutely total sense. Um, but that doesn't mean that Brendan's going to do that, of course. You know, <laughs> but it does. It does make perfect sense. And like we say, we know this has worked well for us. Why doesn't it go? And that that certainly sir, was was excellent. It was excellent. Thank you. Um, Thank you. you know, um, maybe not quite up there with Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville just yet. But <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't have to spit at my housemates to come up with the idea like Jamie Carragher. So I just well, came up with this without you, spitting at someone. You say that. You say that. We shall find out one day. Yeah. Uh, but no, excellent, excellently put, sir. Excellently put. We we do need to actually uh, find a way of doing that. Like I say, possibly a, a cheap whiteboard. Do they sell them in Poundland, I think? They're stuck on your wall. And you they they do possibly it. do. I'll see what I can do over the next coming weeks or so to see if I can get that done so I can maybe do these sort of things. Um, Coming to the end now, uh, score predictions. Now, when we did uh, our show earlier in the week, Tuesday, it seems ages ago now, we actually, Brad and me, we both went for a draw. But then we also do, obviously, the... the, the, um, Leicester City 
or Leicester till I die, sorry, uh, prediction league on the longball.net. Yes, we do. Which, which you can still I've enter and catch up in, by the way. You can still catch sorry? up and enter in the way. I'm just letting people know, mate. All they need to do is yeah. create a free account and just let there's us know certain, how you use them. There are certain people here that you can catch easier than others. Let me just leave it at yeah. that. Yes. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> mate. I, I'm, I'm that prologue. I'm the intro level that gives you the easy win to catch up and you can be ahead of me. <laughs> you are the Arsenal of the long... Hey, I can't say that anymore. Yeah. They're above us. You know, yeah, you are I'm, the I'm, I'm, I'm more the Burnley. I'm more the Burnley of this division. <laughs> but I tend to... I do the prediction show on the Tuesday with you and obviously we have a guest on every week. And... But when I come to do the long ball, we actually have to pick the score because obviously on the prediction show, it's just win away, home wins or draws. I actually end up sort of covering myself and going for a different result. Now, I have gone and also, of course, on uh, the website, lestertillidie.com. We haven't got them all in yet because Taggers is in, uh, Jerry Taggart's in Turkey and Ian Wilson, I think, is, is, is a bit busy at the moment. So we're just waiting on those results, uh, predictions to come in. We do have on, on lessontillidie.com the uh, X, X-Foxes Prediction League. Now, um, I have actually gone, although I went for a draw in the in our Prediction League on Tuesday, I've gone for a 3-1 win to Leicester because I always think we're going to concede. With our defence at the moment, we, you know, it's going to go in off Sahar's arse or something. We know that. Ian Marshall's gone 1-1. Steve Walsh has gone 2-1 to Leicester. Uh, but Steve Linux has gone 2-0 to Crystal Palace. Um, which way are you going to go, Brad, on this when you got to predict an actual score? Are you sticking with your draws? I just... I, as much as I hate to say it, unless something changes, it's going to be a difficult game. I'm going to kind of do what you've done probably mate what you say you normally do when it comes to making another prediction on us and a different thing is i've gone for the draw because i feel that that's probably the way the game will go but i think leicester need maybe a nitty-gritty game that gets some goals but reminds them they've still got to do a job at the back and and i'm gonna go crystal palace to leicester city Three. Oof, a high-scoring game. My, yes. my, my, my heart won't last that game. I'll tell you, that was up there with the 5-4 you joked about earlier. Uh, Scott says, um, Jamie and Gary need to watch out because that made more sense than they ever have. Um, Chris, you need to be careful. Your tactical genius, i.e. Craig, and now Brad will be getting poached. Tie them down to bigger and better contracts. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, even if a contract means nothing, a contract means nothing because they can go on strike and still walk out on me. Um, I, I love that, I absolutely, absolutely love that, Brad. Um, I'm going to leave this. This is the question I'm going to leave us with. This is the last thing now, and then um, we'll call it a night. Um, and it's this is kind of when I wrote this question down, I felt a bit stupid writing it down because I think. When players are fully fit, we probably all know what Brendan will go for. But do you think he actually knows his best eleven at the moment with the new players coming in? I think he's got some idea. Um, but I, th- I think if you 
listen to what he said about the signings when they initially signed. Uh, you get a better feel that you you had an idea how Brendan was going to use them. In some regards, I, I, I would suggest more with Vestergaard, unfortunately. He's probably featured more than Brendan was anticipating having to use him. He was definitely... A, he wasn't a signing that was first on the list until that injury in the friendly um, happened to Wesley Fofana. Uh, I think I think he's, in terms of the players he's got available to him, he knows his preferred 11, but I, I don't think his... Sorry, I think he knows his strongest 11 with what's available. His preferred 11... Is probably not fully fit. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair to say. Um, in, in a weird sort of way, if you want to look at it, I think there's probably somebody who's found who's, who hopefully will start to find his way into his eleven. It's you know the way we talk about Kalik uh, Ianacho is he, he, it's almost like he's begrudgingly finding his way into the team. The way mm. Brendan seems to pick him, pick him, pick him, and then not pick yeah. him this season. But again, um, I think with what he's got, it's the best eleven he can do. Uh, it certainly shows that when you told me about two injuries, I had to make two changes to my lineup. It, that it didn't really affect it. I think the good thing is, is I wasn't seeing, hearing indeed he injured, and then scratching my head, who do I put in? Who's really going to do a good enough job? Do I really have to put Mendy in there? It, it was a straight. Oh well, it, well, it'll be a Samore. You know, Evans isn't fit. All right, then it's got to be Vestergaard. No matter what you thought of his performance in midweek, it's got to be Vestergaard because I'm sorry. Um, you just don't find a way for the other available centre backs yeah. to be playing in, in 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 this scenario. So, yeah, I think that that is probably he does know his strongest eleven that's fit and he's able to choose from. Yeah, yeah. Brad, thank you so much for coming on. And standing in for um, uh, 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 Craig, you are. We have seen tonight. You are outstanding in your field. Um, where that field is, I don't know. But if we ever find yeah. it, we'll uh, we'll let you know. Boom, boom. Hello. Uh, no, it, that was that was brilliant. I did love that. Um, <laughs> and it's back to basics. This is for this is proper football. This is not whiteboard stuff. And did he get uh, Gary Neville sticking his finger on a screen and dragging it across, and the line follows his finger, um, or, or, or putting a line down and doing anything else with the line? Um, so this is proper football for the fans, pad and paper. That's what it all comes down to. Yeah, cheers, Terry. Hope your dog made it through the show without cheers, going mad. Uh, Brad, I will see you again on Sunday. Yes, you will do, mate. You'll see me Sunday, hopefully, finding out that Brendan gave me the phone call, asked me tactic yeah. books, and, and I, I, I'll, I'll have to resign because I'm going to join the Leicester board. In the, in I, hope, I hope you're not going to be coming on just ripping up the paper and chucking it all over because it's gone wrong. <laughs> Bro, don't, don't, mate. Have no. a great weekend, mate. Thank you so much. I will do. Uh, and, uh, I'll, see you, uh, I'll see you Sunday at uh, five o'clock. I will see you then, mate. Hopefully we're talking about a much positive, more positive Leicester result. And thanks, everybody, for joining me. Please. Please, please, please. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. See you then. No worries. See you later. 
Hey, thanks to Brad. That was brilliant. And, you know, <laughs> he did. Was it me or did he make total sense with what he was saying? God, I never thought I'd say that. Brad making total sense with what he's saying? <sighs> he kind of did, though, didn't he? But we're back with this with Brad. We're going to be back today, 5 o'clock. It's a 2 o'clock kickoff. Don't forget, it's on Sky Sunday at 2 from uh, Crystal Palace's ground. We will be back at 5 o'clock. Have a great weekend, everybody. Is this the week, and I know I've said this a few times, is this the week when we actually start our season properly? Fingers crossed. If you like the music that you're about to listen to, by the way, um, Good friend, um, part of a band called Princess of Maine, M-A-I-N-E, Princess of Maine. He's got a YouTube channel. He's very kindly given me all his music and allowed me to use it with or without vocals on backing tracks, etc. For for some of the music I use. Uh, so thanks to him for that. Uh, don't forget that if you're going to watch this back, YouTube, Lester Till I Die TV, please, please, please. If you haven't yet, subscribe and hit the likes button. It really does help the channel and helps us uh, move forward. And if you're listening to us rather than um, watching us, and I don't blame you, to be quite honest with you, uh, you can find us Google Podcast, Amazon Music, Apple, uh, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and Podcast Addict, to name but a few. And um, say goodbye from my little friend, Dave the Devil. There he is. Uh, bye, Dave. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming in. Uh, like I say, have a good weekend, and we'll see you Sunday night at 5 o'clock. Stay safe. Thanks a lot. That's all, folks. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Be sure to watch Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and follow all their social media platforms for the latest updates and news. be back thanks for watching lester till i die this is chris saying goodbye and see you next time sports social podcast network the talk sport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year as football fans we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds however 
When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.